Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. That's two free weeks at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Again, onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepasswordcom slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter uplift desk a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work and that's just the beginning of what uplift desk has to offer with an emphasis on ergonomics and customization uplift desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals whether you're coding designing or podcasting like i am right now the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's up 
liftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Hi, I'm Neil Williams, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Welcome to A Productive Conversation. If you listened to the show last week and you're an episode uh, subscriber, then you're like, Neil Williams, I'm looking forward to Neil being on the show. You may not necessarily be expecting what you're going to hear today. This is a great conversation. It's about unbusying your life. This was another conversation that's been in the can for a little while. We had a really great show, great conversation. There's a lot of simpatico synergy, all that stuff going on during our conversation. I'm really excited to bring it to you. I'm excited to bring all episodes to you, but this one, as I went back listening to the episode to put together the show notes, I'm like, oh, this is one that, uh, it's, an, it's another, another gold, another piece of gold. And I'm glad I can bring it to you today. Here's my conversation with Neil Williams. You're on a productive conversation, enjoy. Neil, thanks so much for taking the time to join me on the program. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. All right. I Right out of the gate, as we get in this conversation, um, I'm going to go in a place that you maybe uh, don't didn't necessarily expect, but that's okay, because it was a fascinating thing as I was reading about you. How in the world did you break your legs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know how you got that story, but <laughs> yes, I ran to the point that I broke them and then I kept running on them, <laughs> making them worse. <laughs> so, so the inter- the reason I want to start there is that, um, you, there's a relentless element to a lot of people that listen to the show. A lot of the guests that I've had to, there's this perseverance, there's this resilience, there's a relentlessness to them, yep. but there is a quote breaking point and you literally had a breaking point. <laughs> What led to the point of you saying, you know what, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that you didn't care that your legs are broken, but the point is, is that mm-hmm. what led to the point of where you're like, you know what, I, I need, this is, this is just who I am. You're so driven to the point where you almost drove yourself to the point of, of frankly, um, you know, irreparable damage to a degree. Totally. It is, I mean, I'm high achieving, like probably everyone who's listening to this podcast is, and I have a really high threshold. And so I've just always known, like I can handle a lot. And in this particular case, it was, I could handle pain. I didn't know that my legs were broken. I just knew I was having a lot of pain. And I was actually in Seattle doing a marathon when the pain was so excruciating I could hardly handle it, but I did not want to not finish. (laughs) So I made myself finish. And then I went to a doctor the next day. And then I saw that both my legs were broken. I ended up in walking casts for about eight weeks. And what was the lesson there for you? Like, what was it like? Was that a turning point for you? Uh, Yeah, it really was. Even though we as high achievers can push ourselves really beyond the limits It's a matter of being discerning of when that makes sense. And I know this is a ridiculous example, right? Breaking your legs. But I think this happens every day in our everyday life in in the things that we do. Like what makes sense for me to push myself beyond my limits? And maybe I don't need to push myself beyond my limits in every single aspect of my life. Maybe I can be discerning about what makes sense and that changes over time. Well, and and I think sometimes it takes that extreme quote, like unreasonable thing 
to have you go yeah. whoa like i mean i um i just had as we're recording this um you know and i know we try to keep these things timeless but i had an ecg for the first time uh not too long ago now i have family history with stuff like this so it wasn't like let's do this but it was a result of me having like some you know some tightness and stuff i'm like huh and uh it turned out it was fine but there was a signal there there was a signal of like what are you doing and it wasn't about me not doing the right things every single day. Like it was, had nothing to do with the productivity aspect, had everything to do with my health, had me thinking like, Hmm, am I consuming too much alcohol? Am I eating the right foods? And it's fascinating that the, the correlation between the nervous system and the body and the brain and how the brain goes, Hey, I can do this. And I goes, hold up, hold up. And this would be that extreme example for you. Right. But sometimes it takes that extreme, that extreme example or that, that quote, um, forced epiphany to kind of make you make a change, right? Yeah, totally. And I think now, because I had that, it's such a good, great point because yes, it is extreme and people think crazy things about me when they hear that story, but then it's translated into other aspects of my life, right? So not just physical pain, but now I can look at emotional pain and what makes sense. Do I want to put myself in a situation where I'm going to be highly anxious or I'm going to feel like really stressed or overwhelmed. And sometimes it does make sense and I do want to do that, but I'm just a lot more discerning about it and really vote for loving my reason why, if I'm going to put myself in those positions. And this leads me to the talking about unbusy, which I love. I love the phrase unbusy. So (laughs) I hate the phrase busy because busy has been bastardized over the years, right? Like the idea of busy and productive, uh, first off, both words kind of are tick me off to a degree now. Um, not because they aren't, there isn't value in them. No, but you know what I mean? Like there's value in yeah. them, but yes. it's like inbox zero or any of these other words. Like it's, they've been commoditized yes. to the point where they're being used as either um, measuring sticks, false measuring sticks. Right. Or they're being like, I mean, yes. and again, we can allude to the whole running thing. I, I, I've ran one eight K and I made it through the eight K and I'm like, okay, I've done this now. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that was my measuring stick. Yeah. I, and so I was like, done. oh, are you going to do, are you going <laughs> to yeah. do the, the half marathon now? I'm like, why? They're like, well, because you've done the eight. So do the, tw-. I'm like, no, but that's like, I, I have heard and my wife's a healthcare, like she works in healthcare and she's done some studies on this. She goes, you run so far, your body chemistry starts to change. Like the body starts to, yeah. she goes, you don't need to do like, all I wanted to, to prove is that I could do it. And I think when it comes to busy and, and productive is people, they use those terms as badges of honor when in some instances they can be, that they are detrimental. So when, when did you decide to dive into the idea of being unbusy? I think it really started when I was in my own, I was in a corporate job and I was working the proverbial 60, 80 hour work week and I was a mom and I was really struggling and I didn't want to do that. And so I decided to make a change. I just decided I'm going to figure out how to do this job in less time and stop telling myself that I'm too busy for the life that I actually want to live. And I did do that. And but what I realized was it's not necessarily busy is is almost like a mindset. Mm. It's almost like an identity that we take on rather than being all the things that we do in our time. I am under the belief that 
the reason we have all the things that we do, our schedules look so packed is because we're too busy in our own brains to be discerning enough to know what we want to cut out and what we want to keep. So for me, it, it stems with a mindset. And the world loves to help with that too. The world loves to, to I was just totally. talking to somebody about this. Um, the world loves to fill that space. The world loves to Absolutely. grab your attention because if you, and it's hard when you unbusy yes. yourself. Okay. So when you did this, um, yep. what did it feel like at first? Because it, uh, I, I imagine it was probably uncomfortable at first, right? Yeah. That was the exact word I was going to use is uh, it was uncomfortable because I'm not used to it. And I had space and I was feeling other feelings like boredom. And I think what happens is we kind of like detox from that busyness. And then we're like, okay, now what do I do with myself? And what we learn, at least through my journey, what I learned was to listen to my own mind and to see myself for my first time and understand myself for the first time. And what I realized, quite frankly, is I didn't like a lot of things about my life. And so I didn't even know that because I was too busy to even be conscious or present to what was going on. So I didn't even know what was going on, really. So that was like first step. It's like, oh, I actually don't like this job. Yep. <laughs> I, I learned, right? Like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And then it was a matter of, okay, seeing that, you have to like give yourself the space, the brain space to see it first and then decide, okay, now I have the time to be able to make a change. And I did. I went and I, I got certified as a coach. I started a business. And I like literally my life looks so different now than it did 10 years ago. It's like unrecognizable. It's like I'm living a whole different version of life, but I never would have known that that was possible or that I even wanted that had I not taken the time to like just clear out and have the space to think and see what it is that I didn't like about my life so that I could change it. When I had Juliet Funt on the show, she wrote the book, A Minute to Think. She was talking about white space. Um, and, yeah. and I think that when, you know, when you talk about like the idea of unbusying, which again, I think that that's such a powerful term because it, we hear the word busy so much, but other than discomfort, what tried to fill the spaces that you were providing? There must've been some other <laughs> stuff there because the world, it, it, there is a, it, it's conspiring yeah. against you. So there's gotta have been some other stuff that filled, oh. filled the space. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because CrashPlan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to CrashPlan.com timecrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast. So take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, 
music and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to CrashPlan.com timecrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's CrashPlan.com timecrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Ever caught yourself marveling at the seamless magic of everyday tech, like how noise-canceling headphones block out the world or the sheer bliss of meeting-free Fridays? Now imagine if there was a way to bring that kind of magic into selling online. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Shopify. From the moment you decide to launch your online shop to opening your first physical store, and even when you're pinching yourself because, yes, you just hit a million orders, Shopify is there to guide your growth. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or the latest productivity tools, Shopify supports you everywhere with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. The checkout, oh, it's a breeze for your customers, converting up to 36% better than other platforms. And with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered assistant, you're selling more with way less effort. And you won't be alone in your Shopify journey because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., supporting giants like Allbirds and Brooklinen and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Their award-winning support is always there, making sure businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify, and yours can be one of those businesses. And for those looking to level up, Shopify's endless integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to chatbots ensure your business is always ahead of the curve. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com timecrafting, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com timecrafting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. Yeah, I think the, what I had to really be careful of was when I was feeling bored, our inclination is to like do something to cover up or get rid of the bored feeling. Right. And, and, and also this, the discomfort of like, oh, I've created this life. I've spent like a lot of time. I've actually spent a lot of money. I've spent a lot of my life to build my life to this point. And I don't even like it. And just reconciling that with myself. And so things that like I noticed I was wanting to do would be just like, well, it's just easier if I go back to work, if I just work more, because um, that's just so programmed. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, calls, I, right? I, I, I can tell you just real quick. <laughs> that was wild, but it's what happens. No, it's true because I, re- I there have been moments in my journey with what I do here where I, I remember distinctly when target was opening up in Canada. And thankfully I didn't listen to that voice cause it didn't last long here in Canada, but I remember driving past the target, which was not too far from my house. And they had a big help wanted sign. Like we're hiring. And my brain, part of my brain went, wouldn't it just be so much easier if you just did that? Like, 
Just go. You'll get the regular paycheck. You have history at Costco. They're going to love that about you. There's going to be, you're going to be, there will be no, you, you will be paid for the value that at that, like there were just so many things. And then my brain went, uh, the, the, the part that thankfully <laughs> took hold was like, wait a minute, you left that for this reason. Yes. What you're doing now is hard, but come on, Mike. And that's uh, how do you, how have you, and how do you help people? Cause I know you work with clients too. make sure that that voice of higher reason, the one that like helped you get to that point, uh, stays on top of things as opposed to falls prey to the, wouldn't it just be easier if we did this? And, oh, well, what if we fill it with this? And then, you know, we're doing things. So therefore we are productive as opposed to, oh yeah, but now like it's all empty calories. Right. It's such a brilliant question. And so what I did for myself, and this is what I, many of my clients do this as well. Once you carve out space, making a commitment to not fill it back up for at least a period of time, letting yourself live in that space and really just learn what it's there to teach you, what you didn't know about what's going on for yourself or in your own mind before you immediately fill it back up. So it's really like prolonging that decision. Like you might say to yourself, oh my gosh, targets, that's an amazing idea. Let's do that. But instead of acting on that immediate reaction, we kind of punt that decision. Cause then you want to think about like, okay, how is the 60 days from me going to feel about that? Mm -hmm. Right. Like in really thinking about instead of acting from where you're feeling right at this moment, thinking about your future and voting for what the future you wants. That's how you get out of your, what we call, I call the toddler brain is the primitive brain, which is the in the moment brain and into the higher quality part of the brain, which is the prefrontal cortex, which I call the adult part of the brain and let it run the show is you think about the future you that takes you into the higher quality part of your brain. Yeah. The survive versus the thrive, right? Like the idea of like, cause that's, exactly. and this goes back exactly. to, I mean, we could talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and all that stuff when it comes to this stuff, but yeah. I want to shift gears and talk about being like the idea of the word productive. We've talked about busy. Yeah. We're at, we're on a podcast. We're talking, it's called a productive conversation. My, 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 <laughs> my name brand is productivity is so clearly I don't have a, uh, I have a love hate relationship with the word productive and productive because I think again, it's been corrupted. What does productive yep. look like to you? Yeah. So I agree with you. I think that word is really charged. So I sometimes have a hard time using it as well, just because of the connotation people have around it. Um, in my opinion, the way that I think about productive is I decide what I want to get done and I decide how long I want to give myself to get it done. And like it, to me, it's an internal decision. And if I've done that, if I execute that, well, I get, I decided this is the thing that I'm going to get done and I'm going to get it done in this one hour. And I execute on that. I'm productive in my own, in my own mind, because I made those decisions and then I executed, I followed through on those decisions. So my definition might be a slightly different than what um, other people think about productivity, but that's where I come at it. But, but I think to your point is that, when, and again, we can shift this back to unbusying your schedule and, and all that stuff, is that I think people, what they'll confuse is if I get as much done as possible in the day, it's productive. And that's certainly not the case. And I think that when you unbusy yourself, you leave the room for the real productivity to happen. And I think one of the things that people don't realize so much, one of the most productive things that I think we can do with our time, 
where we are right now as humans and our involvement is to think. And I don't think people think about thinking as an actual activity, like a task that we do. But when you don't think, you're just in constant reaction mode, you're on autopilot, nothing really changes if you don't press the pause button and stop to think about what you want to do in your time, about how many things you want to accomplish, about how long you want to give yourself to accomplish those things. It's the thinking piece that in my mind precipitates the productivity. So here's here's a quick question because um, I was just finishing reading I just finished reading uh, Joshua Becker's Things That Matter and he, he's been a recent guest mm. on the podcast as well and he talked there's there's a point in there where um, I think I want to say it's Plato it might have been Socrates one of them says that the idea of stopping to write things down is not a good idea because it interrupts the thinking time now I'm a big believer in capture everything regret nothing because if I get it out of my head then I'm leaving space for the thinking to happen. So I got two questions for you. Thoughts on that, like getting things out of your head so you can assess them. But also there's going to be somebody listening to this right now. Maybe it's you uh, that says, okay, but how much time do I leave, give myself to think like how much time? Because again, we live in a world that's like, do, 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 right. Not B, 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 B. So, so those two questions, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah, I love those questions. And I think there is two ways to, there are different ways to approach this. So I totally am with you on the dumping everything out of your mind. The mind, the brain is not made to store things. It's made to process things. Yep. So when we keep all the stuff inside the brain, we literally, it's like gumming it up and it like doesn't work as well. So I, I this is part of what I call hygiene, like mind hygiene is regularly dumping this stuff out. So that's not like um, incapacitating you from being able to process information in the way that your mind was designed to do that. So I do that regularly. I do that in terms of like, I do what's called a, to, a done download. Like, what do I want to get done this week? I usually do that once per week. I do it for the month, the quarter, the year, whatever. But then I also, every single day, also just like do a quick five minute brain dump about like what's in my brain right now. Like just getting it out on a piece of paper so that it's not like in my way of being able to think about what I want to do and execute on what I want to get done for that day. So I think there's that piece of it is cleaning that out so that your brain can work the way it was designed to function. Right. Number one. And then (laughs) I love the question about how much time should (laughs) I think it's, this is the question why I don't like the how much time question. I think it's the wrong question. I think I'm not, it's I'm what not is disagree- it? I'm not disagreeing with you on that, by the yeah. way, but I know that that's the question. Okay. <laughs> right. I know that's what everyone says. It's like they ask, I get a client and they're like, okay, I have this project, how, I, but I don't know how long to um, schedule out to get it done. Like as if the project will tell them. Like, you know, like there's, there's a right answer. There's no right answer. It's just how long do you want to give yourself? Mm-hmm. So I like to think about this a little bit differently. Instead of like, how much time should I set aside? Maybe it is, what is the problem I want to solve? And I want to give myself 15 minutes to think through that. What is the, um, what is the uh, new idea that I want to come up with? Especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're in this creative mode a lot. Like that is how we make money is to think. Mm-hmm creative ways, right? So you even could sit down and just say, okay, I have 15 minutes and I want to come up with this brand new idea for this lead magnet, or I'm going to give myself three 
options for this lead magnet, making it structured so that you have a result that you want at the end of it. And then the time is like, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes or I'm going to give myself 15 minutes. It doesn't even matter. What matters is that you've decided what you're going to create inside of that time. In my opinion, that's more important than the amount of time. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food, it's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? It's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. Let's talk about parenting and kids and all that stuff. Now, how old are your kids, if you don't mind me asking? My son is 12. Mm-hmm. Yep, my son's yeah, 11. And I, yeah, and, and is, okay, so I've, got, so a da- I've yeah. got a daughter who, who as, of, uh, as of this airing, is 17 and is driving. Holy smokes. And, uh, <laughs> and my son, who is 11, he's going on, he's going on 12. Um, and yeah. what, what change, when you made these changes... When you decided to shift and unbusy your life and unbusy your schedule and just go down the path you're going down now, what changes did you see in, 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 in your family, in your family life? Yeah, I think really it's been uh, about a lot of conversations about money, quite honestly, because when you are in the corporate world and you're working for someone else, There's so much of this sense of obligation. Like I have to have, we call this in the corporate world, like butt time, you know, like seat time, Mm -hmm. time in the chair, like you're there before everyone else and you're, and you're still there when everyone leaves. And it's like that conversation and having that model for my son for part of his life was good for him to see. But now so much of what we talk about in my house is about entrepreneurship and creating value inside of our time, not like how much time it takes. It is the value that we're creating and that value is the thing that creates money and there's different ways to create money and we can do it fast if we want to or or we can do it slow. It's it's really up to us. So I think the biggest pivotal change has been the idea breaking the connection between time and money not only for myself, but also modeling that, giving, having the opportunity to model that for my son 
And now he's even, he and his little friend are starting a little business. And like, it's just sparked so many interesting conversations about the world and school and the model of school and, you know, what he wants his life to look like. Like if he wants to be in a 40 hour work week, or does he want to like, just do his own thing, create his own schedule. Like just, just some really rich uh, conversations because of this big change that I've made. What, what this dovetails nicely into the 10 K in 10 hours thing that you have. So what, what we've been, we've been, yes. we've been talking about qualitative productivity for lack of a better term in a lot of cases, like time is the secondary consideration. Yeah. And when, when I, I mean, again, yeah. we, we could go, we could go down a rabbit hole about the time is money thing. There was a, a TikTok video that my friend Angela Crocker, who's also been on the show before shared with me about how time is money as an aphorism is like one of the worst things that ever, was ever created because it changed, yeah. it, it literally shaped society in a way that we are, we still are dealing with, but you, oh, yeah, I mean, that's the way the world, so 10 K in 10 hours. I mean, what, yeah. what was the, first off, I think I know the impetus behind it. Cause you kind of revealed it a little bit in the story you just told, but, but why, why was the, like this people need this because this will lead to X. So can, can we expand upon that? Yeah. Totally. So part of my story that I didn't dive into is once I did scale back my corporate job work week to 30 hours, I started my own business on the side. Mm. And because I had already had this experience where I was creating a, you know, a really good job, I was getting a lot of things done in a small amount of time, I took that over into my own business. So for me, I was able to create a very lucrative business, but working just about 10 hours per week. And as a coach, so this program is primarily for coaches, online course creators. Um, it is most of us, not I don't even know if it's most, but many of us are doing this as like a career pivot, right? We already have an established life. We have a job. We have a family. We have all the things going on. But we have this desire inside of us to do this new and different thing. And so many use the idea that I don't have enough time to be able to do it. And so I want to remove that obstacle from anybody who has the desire to be a coach, to be a course creator, to go help people in the world because they think that they don't have the right number of hours to be able to do it successfully. So the whole idea behind this program is I show you how to set up the foundation of your business where it's making at least 10K and you're only working 10 hours per week. Wow. So that so and what I love about that especially for people who are entrepreneurs, especially if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? I need this. I need, I need the encouragement to take the leap, right? Like I need the, cause I can tell you when I left, I mean, I was doing, I had my own business and I was running, you know, things were going okay, but there was no, it was time for money. It was me doing coaching. Like that yeah. was the thing, right? Yep. Because that was the, that's where the value is initially seen is, Oh, it's, it's, this is happening in real time course now things have changed we've got lms's we've got courses we've got cohorts all this stuff um that kind of thing is is such a it, it can be a real catalyst for making these leaps happen right that that otherwise people might be tempted to stay in this area of comfort or you know stay locked into this frenetic level of busyness rather than start their own yeah. business instead right so um before i let you go the podcast. Let's talk a little bit about that because we're on a podcast. So, um, yeah, <laughs> what there are so many podcasts out there right now. I mean, I've been podcasting for a long, long time. Um, we've talked about the impetus for you to, you know, make changes in your own life. We've talked about the impetus for you to create this, this program. 
starting a podcast, what was the impetus for you to say, Hey, you know what? I, I need to, I need to have these conversations too. Yeah. So honestly, the reason why I started the podcast was as the project that I needed to complete for my master coach certification. So that was the reason why I started it. But the unbusy really came from me thinking about like, what is the message of my life and what do I want to share? And it was so funny. My husband and my son and I were sitting down at breakfast one morning and he was talking about how busy he was. And I'm like, I'm so tired of this conversation about being busy. I'm just going to start talking about being unbusy. Mm -hmm. And so then that was kind of like what I used as the title of the podcast. And the whole, my whole goal is really to help people understand time. Yes. But also their mind and how they feel and how they show up in their time. And we have conversations about money and about business and about health. I have my personal trainer coming on now. So it's really a very all encompassing kind of unbusy lifestyle podcast. It's, uh, Again, I think we need to have more of these conversations. I think people um, people struggle with those words that we talked about, top busy, productive, um, yeah. how to craft a life that is going to feel like it's the life that you're supposed to be living and the life you meant to live as opposed to as opposed to just going through the motions. So before I let you go, Absolutely. if someone look is looking to unbusy their schedule, unbusy their lives, unbusy, you know, what what's going on today. What's one simple action, one single simple action they can take today? I think it is changing the question that they've been asking themselves instead of how long should this take me? This is the biggest mistake that I see. Thinking about how long do I want to give myself? Number one, what do I want to accomplish inside of this time? And how long do I want to give myself to get this done? That is like pivotal foundational concept number one. Excellent. And that th- so that's your job right now, listener, is to ask that question. Yeah. Ch- change the questions. Questions is, 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 is the best place to start. It's no question we've had a productive conversation today, Neil. Thank you so much. Where can people keep <laughs> up you. with you and your work? Yeah. So that, like we mentioned, they can um, follow me on my podcast, Unbusy Your Life, or you can go to my website at www.neilwilliams.com and find out about all of my offerings and all the things. Neil, thanks for having a productive conversation with me today. Thanks, Mike. It's been so fun. Thanks to Neil for joining me on the show. You can check out everything that we talked about. Pick up all the links worth exploring. Just go to productivityist.com slash podcast 424 to make that happen. And the other thing that I'd love for you to do is subscribe to the show if you're not already doing so, because you will be able to go through the archives quickly and easily. Just hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the show, make that happen. You could also do it at the podcast page that I just mentioned to you. The other page I'm going to mention to you now is a page that you can visit to support the show in another way by checking out our sponsors. Go to productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors to check out the sponsors that you heard today during my conversation with Neil. And that's another way you can help keep the lights on in this studio where a productive conversation takes place. That is it for this place in time for a productive conversation. Uh, I'm looking forward to our next episode. Next episode is going to be a great one. It is Jason Goldsmith. Looking forward to that one. That one kicks off the month of June. 
Can you believe that we are halfway through the calendar year of 2022 already as of next episode that's crazy to me um or you know i guess we're almost halfway through Uh, my year of course starts in september but that's a story for another time until next time i'm mike vardy the host of a productive conversation reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive see you later